All right, hi everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Check Your Six. We are going to be talking the three collegiate R6 leagues as well as going to play days five and six. And there's not a whole lot to talk about with the college scene because everyone's in between seasons, but I'll give you the lowdown on the schedules that I am Luck Recall. Once again, your host, as always, by my co-host, Syntax. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. How was your week? Oh, it was, it's been a week. I'm glad it's over. Uh, my kids <laughs> are very sick. They, they kept us from streaming last night because they were very, very, very sick. And I, I still, I had to burn my hazmat suit last night and kind of be done with it. Yeah, I feel you on that one. But uh, how was your week? It was good. It was good. I uh, watched a little bit of Pro League and going through my, my EMT stuff and kind of staying busy, so pretty much about the same. Like going on a couple of winning streaks I saw, or you told me about I, even your latest one. I did. I did. I The other night I went on a 7-0 and win streak and ranked, and then... Tonight, right before this podcast, I was four and one. So, gained a pretty. I went from I think I went from like thirty two hundred MMR to about thirty nine fifty. So, I kind of so shot the, up there. This is uh, where you take time to thank those who carried you, and <laughs> you might want to go recheck those those rank stats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm lucky if I can string seven kills together in a night. <laughs> it, it's sadly oh. true. My 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 R six skills are nowhere near where my quake skills used to be. Yeah. I mean, fair. I mean, to be fair, I have like well over fifteen hundred hours in this game. So I would hope that my my skills are in the plot level. If not, then I'm doing something wrong. Fair enough. I can get behind that. Uh, let's see. Let's start with college stuff. Uh, so our regularly followed league, uh, collegiate R6 or CR6, they are in between, in between seasons right now. They just wrapped up. We had talked about the last matches, uh, last week. And so now they're in their, they said that they were going to be taking a week or two to get schedules out. It's been a week since they said that. So with no news we're going to assume that they need a second week to figure out that schedule. But it will happen. We'll get some of those timelines lined up, and it's going to line up roughly with the other league. We'll get some registration time. They will have uh, probably a w two weeks after registration closes just to finalize everything, see if CR6 has any other production stuff that they can line up in that time. See what the spring season brings us, because I know... Uh, Syntax and I both wanted to see more production behind it this season as it was hard to track a lot of games, as it was to just not be able to see any of the action was really difficult. So we can hope that there's changes there. Uh, moving on to C. They registration through the end of this month, so next Wednesday, so if you are planning on registering, please do. They have Invite League and Open League. The Invite teams have already been set. Uh, the 
open league is open for as many teams who register weren't brought into the invite league. So that all kicks off Monday, February 3rd. So Wednesday, the Wednesday prior is your last time to register and you have about half a week to get ready for your first uh, first week of competition. So that kicks off real soon. So we're going to have some matches to start talking about. Absolutely. And one thing I will mention is, especially after talking to Chayton last week, captain and coach of Akron's uh, ER6 squad, he was saying that they played in all three. So we're going to see familiar names and familiar squads, hopefully with the additional games, if there's any additional data that we can kind of correlate and create some structure behind, we might actually get a good sense of overall team strengths because there will be so many more games to go over. Yeah, true. And you said you said they're going to try and go CEA. Did I hear that right? Akron? Oh, yeah. Uh, Akron participated in all three. That's right. One yeah, all three. Okay. They're, they're, yeah, they were, the, they were the, the, the triple crown champs. I remember that now. Okay. All right. Yep. That was insane to learn, but I'm excited to learn that, hey, these guys are good through and through. And it'll give maybe even a little more narrative between the three leagues that can be interesting to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to... Okay, never mind. I thought I thought there was some... No, never mind. Just ignore my, my train of thought there. I thought there was something I could bring up, but there wasn't, so... Fine. Where they have hidden? Oh, they have the season structured. Added up. I've bummer. Who CEA oh. or the CR six? Uh, CEA. Okay. Did they have an online like rule book? Yes. League book. Okay. So, uh, for anyone who's interested. EEASiege.com, and you click on their tournaments page, and they have the Spring League 2020 link up there where it links to the information about the league, rules, schedule, participants, standings, and statistics, which I will be jumping into uh, after the podcast just to see what's there. Uh, but yeah, so this of CEA. Um, East through through March. That looks through April. How about that? This is the invite league. Yeah, so this is end of April is when that league wraps up. So there's going to be lots of matches between the beginning of February and the end of April. It will be great to see. Okay. And that's basically invite league will take out the rest of the rest of the season. So it'll be like all of April is invite league. Open okay. league will wrap up at the near the end of March. So we'll get about a month of kind of those Premier League playing teams and uh see the cream of the crop in that league. See how they all shake out in that format. But it looks so it looks like they split between like East and West divisions and they play within that conference for eight weeks 
or so will decide playoffs. Okay. All right. That makes sense. To college R6. That is colleger6.com. You can find a link for season two at the top of the page. This one is very easy to understand, which is fantastic. I'm actually going to on name so everyone. College R6 or collegiate R6? College R6. Is that a new league? I don't understand. It's by this. the production staff who ran CR6 last season. The spring of last year. So this is space so they're, production. they're rebranding to College R6. No, because Collegiate R6 is a separate entity. So they had production staff on CR6 in the spring of last year, which is how we got some of the streams and a lot of the casters organized. Those, those production folks left CR6 and they founded College R6. Okay, so in a whole brand new league. Yes. And it oh, also... So that's what I was saying. Three, three leagues. CEA, CR6, and CRSL. So College, College Rainbow Six, Rainbow Six League. League. Yep. Oh my lord. Okay. So, let me switch this over real quick. So Season 2 Info. They have a really well laid out schedule. I really appreciate it. I think that this is, this actually makes a lot of sense for a, a structure. So you can see that they do seven trials over the month of February. That Those trials are meant to basically put the top four teams from each trial and move on. It, it's like a cups, qualifier cups. And so it's just, okay, you've qualified, you've qual these teams have qualified, so it's really a chance to keep sco scooping the cream off the, crop, off the top of the crop. And then it moves into group stages where all of those winners go through um, best of one matches, eight weeks of it. So very much what we're getting in the Pro League, top four teams advance to play-ins. Playoffs, double elimination, best of three, two groups of eight teams, stops at finals for each group, two teams advance to grand finals in each group like that's clean right grand finals already spelled out best of three matches double elimination well double elimination. oh i guess that means just resetting the bracket that's right so that's what that means but so it all kicks off trial number one this not this saturday next saturday so most of i believe that means all of the teams are already set for ERSL for the spring season. So we are getting right into matches very quickly. Just okay. a couple of days ahead of CEA. And, so, and what I like about this one is that they're actually going to finish before all the finals. All that mess. And yep, I think that's another probably another learned lesson from the staff who left CR6 to go there. These were the connected guys. These were the ones who probably kept all the notes, to be honest. And they they knew where all the pitfalls are with the scheduling. And they 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 all grouped together and branched off and <laughs> yep. 
That's a smart, smart move. Smart move. Um, I feel bad for CR6, but it's they didn't business. learn, and look what, look what we have now. Yep. And, I mean, CRSL is also going to go basically the same duration as CEA. It wraps up May 3rd for the last week of uh, playoffs. Which is great. Like, so, I mean, this is this is so much easier to navigate. Yes, already than CR Six's mass. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Like this is like I don't have to dig for the rule book. I don't have to dig for um like the structure of like how things are gonna go. You know, like. Like it even has like a get started page, you know, like one join Discord, boom, right there. There's the Discord link right on the website, you know. Like they even have it on their Twitter, their Discord link in their Twitter. Look at that. See these, this, this is how a league is supposed to be run. Two review the rules. Three team registration. Like it has links to everything. It really does. And what's really so I, I'm gonna get on a slightly different tangent, but I was thinking about this earlier. So, so there was this news earlier this week that um PlayVS, a high school esports league operator who helps connect all the schools together and organize all that, they reached a deal with Epic to host collegiate and high school duo esports. So season based all that kind of stuff. So it's, but it's duos. And all I can think of is like, it doesn't matter what Fortnite does from now on. Like, it just doesn't. But for them to highlight, for a game like uh, Fortnite, be highlighting collegiate esports, that's just good for everyone talking collegiate esports. Good for the colleges, it's good for all these leagues, and it's starting to get more attention here. Fortnite is alone is just going to bring attention. So it makes me excited to think that at this point in time, we have three competing college R6 leagues running at a time when Fortnite and Epic are bringing more visibility to the scene. Yeah. I mean, that's just a good thing all the way around. And following three leagues, yes, it's going to be a little... I'm barely like buckling down to get any real data out of it, but if they actually provide data in a meaningful way, or I mean, if we really just want to get all kumbaya about it, combine your strengths all together before and make it an excellent product so that no one from the outside can come in and take Whoops. your scene. <laughs> Whoops! I clicked the join Discord and I lost your picture there. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, this is a good time. Like, attention's coming in. There's going to be more, more consideration for what games people are, what the other outside groups are going to be buying into. But then again, you don't have to have someone from the outside creating this awesome league. Like, with Epic striking a deal. And so it's entirely plausible that Ubisoft could come in and be like, 
we want a collegiate league. We don't want to run it. We want you to run it. And yeah. there's three options. you got to be putting your best foot forward at all times. Yeah, that is true. And from what it looks like, they've actually already started to have a presence on Twitch. Like, they've already started streaming stuff, which is good. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're in a league, or if you're managing a league, I don't know how you do this without any stream support. Yeah. Like, I, you could be streaming to, like, Instagram Live TV, for all I care, and that'd be your only platform. You would still be, like, 90% more likely to be effective than anyone not streaming. Mm-hmm. regardless of any other efforts that you had made to try and get attention for your uh, efforts. But, like, streaming is going to be completely core. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, if you want if you want that league visibility, you need to have an audience, you know? You can't just have the players playing the league, you know? You need to have people watching the league so they know, like, what the league is all about and how it's run. And and actually, one thing I, I just clicked on, clicked through DRSL. That's still, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Uh, I clicked on their link to Space Production. Now, that's the group who ran the stream, the graphics in the spring season 2019 of CR6. And the I believe the season prior, or no, sorry, Space Productions came in near the end of that spring season. And They've mm-hmm. actually done a lot already um, out and about, but they've done, according to their website, they've done work with Colorado uh, University, Utah Esports, Mountain West Esports, UCLA, uh, PUBG Corporation, CounterLogic Gaming, Space Station Gaming, and even DreamHack. And there's a couple other on there I don't really recognize, like Salt Lake Gaming Con and Geek. Like, for them to already work with DreamHack and PUBG Corp and CounterLogic and Space Station, like they know this space really well already. Yeah, absolutely. And then having uh, three was that three colleges and a, a conference. I don't know. If that's right, Mountain West. I'm pretty sure that's just a conference. Um, but for them to have kind of that professional collegiate balance with experience, it gives them a huge leg up in making sure that they do the best. Yeah. Um, having a, a big social media presence, you know, whether it be Twitch or even just Twitter, you know, um, is going to be vital to how your league grows. And uh, it's not something that CR6 did very often. I don't think they, they rarely ever tweeted. Like, they would retweet other people's stuff, saying that, like, they were playing another team. But they never actually like made any announcements themselves. They never, you know, they they rarely ever streamed on Twitch. They rarely ever, you know, talked, you know, to the community. Yep. Um. It it was. I mean, it was just the players talking amongst themselves in the Discord, and that was about it. So, and some of the players making tweets, but that that was that was the extent of it, you know. And I think the league 
like the league themselves need to be making announcements on Twitter. They need to be making, you know, even announcements on Twitch, you know, stuff like that. You know, if, if, if they want people to sit there and watch and have an audience. I kind of feel like if my timeline, if I can go through your finals tournament, like the final tournament bracket, with only seeing like one update a week, that you're completely missed the mark. Mm-hmm. Like you, this is your most exciting time. You have the most possible footage. I, my timeline should just be nothing but a constant stream of highlights, whether it's from casters or players or retweets or player reactions or player interviews or fan reactions. My, that's all the stuff that needs to be going out. And if it's not that, not doing enough. Yeah, I agree. Um, and outside, like, basically the bottom line is DRSL, don't Fuck it up. But <laughs> that's really that's all that really needs to happen is that it, it's, at least first blush it looks like they know what they're doing. We'll see how season two runs. I didn't hear any of it during season one, so maybe no news is good news in this mark. But um, we'll have to wait and see. I will definitely tell you that they have potential. Let's hope oh, I believe they it. don't squander that potential. I'm a firm believer in websites are your first indication of what you're going to get. That's true. Like, like you were saying, like the R6's website is just like design vomit, and it was DEA better, clean, stylized a little bit. Okay. They're getting there with the graphics, but I do have to appreciate the RSL's simplicity. It is make it it make it does make it look really clean, and it's just it's not trying to do too much. It doesn't have to do that much, to be honest. No, it doesn't, and like that's that was that's the point, you know. Like it, it's it was easy to look at, you know. There was graphics, you know, big buttons in my face saying this is where you do this, you know? Like, that's what I want, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't want to be reading a bunch of fine print saying, like, you need to go to, to Hank and then ask him about Joe to, dis, to, you know, to direct you to this street so then you can go to the Starbucks and then there you can join the Discord. <laughs> oh, thanks, you know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but uh, anyways. It's the... Then you have to ask the register for the bathroom key, and then you have to get Billy Bob's number from underneath the paper towel dispenser. It's just uh, yeah. so many degrees removed, it's not even fun. <sighs> Pro League. I think that's enough college. Pro League is, has been very interesting. But first, before we start Pro League, there has been some mid-season designer notes. I don't know if, if anyone had, they came out like today. Oh, I didn't see those. Take a chance to look at them. Um, if you just Google year four, year four season 4.3 designer notes, you should be able to find it. It's from Ubisoft's website. All right, I got them. Okay. 
So first, first off, I just want to point out is these these win these win pick rate deltas, right? So you've got the the win deltas of the attackers, and so what I wanted to point out is that when they took away Ash's ACOG off her R4C, they wanted to reduce the amount of time. They wanted to reduce the um, pick rate for Ash, right? They didn't necessarily want to want the win rate to change, but they wanted the the the, the pick rate to change. Right. Um, that didn't work. I'm just gonna throw it out there. She is already she is the second most second highest picked operator in in um not pro league, second highest operator picked um in the game, and the second highest win rate in the game. Um, with Jackal being number one picked, and then Finca actually being the highest win percentage, which is kind of interesting. But I think a lot of people are playing, or a lot more people are starting to incorporate Finca um, into their strats. We'll actually get into Finca later. She's actually getting a pretty solid buff. Now, defender win rates, right? The win deltas. Yeah. I just, you know, if if you look at the graph here, I just want, yeah, you, I just want you to notice. Look at Jaeger. He yeah, is look at so, Jaeger. He is so highly picked. He is off the graph. Yeah. He is over ninety percent picked in 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 the game. I mean, I granted, his his win rate is low. Be, but I I feel like his win rate is low, but because of how convoluted the sample the sample is with, yeah, with how absolutely. many with how many picks Jaeger there are, right? Um Legion being the second highest, um, not only picked, but win rate as well. Um Legion's actually getting a nerf, so we'll talk more more about that later. Um and then something I just wanted to point out here. Okay. I was talking with um I had a short conversation with with Get Flanked earlier when I was playing ranked, and he was talking. We were we were both talking about how um, every operator that is above that has a positive wind delta that is above the x axis is some sort of information trap operator. Nope. Yep. You see that? Yeah. I think that's garbage. I I don't think that. You know, all the trap operators should be that high, that have that high of a win percentage. You know, Capkin has the highest win percentage. Granted, he's not picked very often, but the thing is, is you know, here's how it goes in order of picks when people play. You know, I think a lot of these um op- these uh information ops, sorry, information ops are crutches. You know, and a lot of people feel the same way. Valk is a huge crutch operator. When Valk, they when whenever someone can't play Valk, like if someone else picks her or she's banned, they play Legion. If Legion is banned or someone else picks them, they play Capcan. <laughs> That's how it works. And the thing is, is these guys like to troll with Capcan, and you think, oh god, I've got a troll in Capcan. It works. It works a lot. Um, and having like frost and okay, frost. Honestly, I don't see frost as a problem. That's like the one 
the one operator that I don't have a problem with. Ella, Ella's Gersmots are so strong. Like, you walk through a door, like, you are, you are quite literally, um, un, like, you can't, you're, you're, you're rendered immobile for, like, yep. like, a solid five, six seconds, you know? It's like being air-jabbed without being thrown across the room, so. Um, Jaeger, okay, so Jaeger's getting a nerf. Legion's getting a nerf. Ella, ironically, is actually getting a buff. But that has that has to do more with her gun than it does uh, her actual gadget. Um, <laughs> this ban rate makes me makes me chuckle. This, so they, on the website they also have a graph when it says like the ban rate, the top ten attack operators that are banned. Yeah. Real quick, I want to go back to the the wind delta uh, defenders because I was like, oh, that that's really interesting. Where? I'm trying to find Tachanka. I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's just not picked at platinum and above. But no, he's sitting below the the bottom of the graph. Yeah, he's at negative five percent <laughs> win rate, and like just, about, probably about two percent picked. I yeah, just think it's hilarious that like he's it's the complete opposite of Jaeger. He's like picked all the time and he's winning, and then Tachanka never wins never picked alone by himself in the cold only his mount yeah. to keep him happy and warm but yeah you i know mean what it's I, crazy to you know think what i find like, really interesting though what how low goyo is on the graph i'm guessing it's just really... mostly because he's new and at that we there was also the season end and i guess uh mmr reset so people were having to go through their Place matches when he finally came out yeah i mean there was yeah. probably a season reset at that point and then just being really new might have come in late in the season or something i don't know but i i could kind of see people being like protective of their rank and not wanting to invest a lot of time with him yet until they saw like how the pros were using him yeah that's true um smoke being down there is also kind of a surprise to me as well yeah I get well. I kind of get it too. I mean, I do too. He, he's very team oriented. He needs the intel to be able to be effective with the smoke. You have to be effective. It's not like mute jammers or Jaeger's uh, gadget, where you just drop it and it's great. Smoke needs that interaction, and he has to be more on top of it than say, um, even yokai, even the yokai. And honestly, I I can only see him getting lower now that uh. We'll actually go over here in a second. Now that ADS times are getting increased. Right. Um, with his SMG 11, it's going to be rough. But anyways. Um, we'll skip the, the ban rates. Everyone knows that Jackal and Mira are the most banned in ranked. Um, okay, so up to the upcoming changes. Aim down sights increase. So the ADS time is going to be increased for all weapons, right? So. Dang. Assault rifles are going to be increased from 0.3 seconds to 0.4 seconds. DMRs are going to be increased from 0.3 seconds up to 0.4 seconds as well. That's, that includes Glass's OTS sniper. SMGs are going to be increased from 0.2 to 0.3. LMGs from, point, uh, from 0.4 to 0.45. Pistols will be from 0.10 to 0.20. 
SMGs that are secondary weapons are going to be increased from 0.1 to 0.275. Um, so almost almost a 300% increase uh, in ADS time. If I got if I mind doing my my math right there. Uh, shotguns from 0.2 to 0.25 seconds. Um, so Blackbeard's, they're they're saying so how Blackbeard's uh, gun works is that. Um, let's see. I just okay. ADS penalization will only apply when Blackbeard's gun shield is equipped. That's how his his weapon's gonna work. Hmm. Um. So when having weapon attachments, um, ADS. Okay. So there's three different cases, right? So if you have an angled grip, your ADS time will be sixty percent of the base time. If you have a shield. Your ADS time will be 200% of the base time. Yikes. Yeah, and then if you have an angled grip plus shield equipped, which is um, about Blackbeard's weapon, right? Yeah. Um, ADS time will be a combination of the pr two previous buffs, so 160% of the, of the base time. And that's pretty much all there is to the ADS changes. Now... Here's a huge change when it comes to Echo, right? Echo's yokais are gonna are now gonna be available to be hacked by Dukaibi. So whenever Dukaibi hacks the cameras, you'll now be able to use the the Echo's yokais. Um, Echo's now gonna drop a cell phone. He didn't drop his cell phone in the first place. Now he's actually gonna drop one. Um, Yokai's are now going to have drone lights when when uncloaked. So like whenever the drone is going around on the ground, it's gonna have oh, the same awesome. drone. It's gonna have the same drone lights as regular drones. Um, nice. and the same same rules apply when it comes to the lights on that one. Um, Ella. Um, they're reducing her recoil on the Scorpion for the first 16 shots. Any preceding shots will have recoil similar to what it currently is now. So they're just buffing the first 16 shots of her gun. And from what I've seen on the TTS, it's pretty dang good. Um, Ella mains unite, rise up. That's all <laughs> I can say about that. So Finca, like I said earlier, Finca's spear, which has been just been known to be a pea shooter, um, they're upping her, her damage from 38 to 42, which is going to be a pretty solid increase, and that's going to make her gun a lot more viable. I feel like Fink was, wasn't picked a, t a, like a whole lot, uh, not because no one wanted a player, but because no one liked using the spear, and then like nobody really liked using an LMG because of just how slow it is, right? So it kind of made Fink a unattractive to a lot of players now a lot of people kind of just said screw it and then just played finca anyways because her ability is, is really good but now this is going to make finca a lot more viable like like an actual like serious pick for a lot of people do you think the gun is enough to change that yes i think so now that the spear is is up the, the damage is up to 42 i definitely think that's it's going to be it's going to be a huge change um, Jaeger. So they're reducing Jaeger's 416 damage. Um, it's currently 43. They're reducing it to 38, which is a pretty significant um, Ouch. decrease in damage. 
Um, with Jaeger's rate of fire, I think it's 750, if I remember correctly. Putting it at 38 and 750 makes it ident like identical to Mozzie's commando. So if you're ha if you're wondering how the gun is going to operate, it's going to operate literally. It's a, a a copy of the commando, just a different gun skin at this point. I can now. think of worse guns. Mozzie's commando is really good. So I honestly like. I thought this was going to make a huge change, but. I honestly I can't see it I can't really see it making any much much of a much of a difference at all. Mm. Um so Maestro. Um they're removing the ACOG from the Alda. I kind of have a pet peeve at the on the game with their whole like ACOG removal process. Honestly, like and a lot of people have said this and I definitely agree. Removing an ACOG is just basically like duct taping a duct taping a crack in the wall like it's just a temporary fix um it's not gonna you're not fixing anything soon you're gonna have to take away the acog for every operator and now you're gonna be on the now you're gonna be in the exact same situation you started in does well, that make yeah, sense i mean yeah i mean they were so dissatisfied how that was working take it out and they will reintroduce it when we're happy with it like, instead of this Honestly, slow, painful death, one operator after another. There's, there's, there's so much easier ways to just nerf an operator. Like, um, you don't have to take away the ACOG. Simply increases recoil. You know, um, decrease the amount of bullets he has in his magazine. Instead of having eighty plus one, make it sixty plus one. You know, like, boom easy fix you know but like they're trying to do this whole they're in this whole like remove ACOG uh, fad that I just don't understand yeah there was this great uh, picture that basically showing like the operators symbols doorway and like a trail of blood the Grim Reaper one. one and then the Grim Reaper going yeah. uh, into uh, Maestro's door that was great it got the point Rest. across real clear Rest in pasta, Maestro. Rest in pasta. All right. Knock and smoke. So this, actually, I'm excited to see. So they're increasing the FMG9 damage to 34 up from 30. Uh, me, personally, I never really had an issue with how the FMG9 uh, performed. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot better shot than most people, but... Um, if you know if you don't hit all your shots the fmg9 can seem like an extremely weak weapon and it you know it, i don't blame them because it is it's only 30 damage i mean it's got a really high fire rate but 30 damage is it's still pretty weak but upping this to 34 i think is going to it's going to make it knock a lot more viable I mean, not, she's already viable. I've seen some serious damage caused by Nock, but this is going to make her a lot more attractive to actually like play by everyone. Um, yeah, I haven't in the seen game. her played a whole even just in public matches. People just tend to shy away from her. Yeah, um, you know, playing on my on my main account, um, which is in the the high platinum rank, like I see Nock all the time. But I have another account that I play with my friends down in um, like high silver, like low gold. 
I don't see knock at all. At all. Um, and I there's probably just a simple reason for that. Um, the last thing is, or not the last thing, but one of these changes that I'm really curious about is to Ying. Um, one simple change they're doing is that Candelas now have an outline that is visible only to Ying. It's like, um, you know, like you see something through a doorway has like the white yeah. outline. You can see that whenever she throws it and you, it, it goes out of her line of sight. You see the little outline now. Um, improved distribution of cluster flashes. This right here is going to be detrimental. This, this number of pellets per candela increased to seven, up from six. One at floor level, three at around hip level, and three at head level. So it's getting everything, right? Yeah. Everyone's um, get... This is also a really good one. Pellets detonation time reduced to 0.3 seconds from a one second from one seconds on throw and 2.5 seconds on deploy so it's getting reduced by a lot so it's like you throw it in it's going off like there's going to be like no time to run around a corner no time to like you know sit there and try and shoot it before it detonates and you know no time to like try and look away like you see it it's going off like that's about it but um, I, I i do also kind of that change as a pretty fair balance because yes the uh yings team will have the advantage because it'll go off and they're ready when they're ready to go for it to go off but on the defensive side it puts pressure on the attackers to be that tightly coordinated so they know that they have to go in immediately after it's not this yeah kind of play it slow it's a really nice balance between how it benefits both sides yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's one issue that with Ying that I'm glad they're kind of fixing. Uh, the pellets that bounce on the environmental props um, are going to maintain their velocity, so they're actually going to ricochet instead of just hitting something and then falling directly down. So they're actually going to bounce off things instead of just falling to the floor and detonating on the floor. Um, and that's about it for, for Ying. Legion. Finally, finally, finally. I absolutely hate Legion. I hope he gets thrown into the sun. Um, Real quick, you want to know my two most played operators? Uh, throw it at me. Jaeger and Legion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, what the what the... The dev said is Legion is currently overpicked and performs really well as you can see in his in the defender's graphic. He can often be quite frustrating to play against, and which is why he is also targeted by operator bands. He takes gunfights, deals damage, and slows down the enemy. On top of that, his goo mines are also used for information gathering. We're looking into fine-tuning him to reduce both his effectiveness and frustration. Um They're completely right on everything they said. Yeah. You know, like his gun is really good. Um, on top of that, like his goo mines deal a ton of damage. They are extremely annoying. Um, I, you know, they're completely invisible the entire round. Um, and like if you're like 10 health or below, it's over. Like you're dead, you know? Like I think that's so dumb because if Legion has like, 20 goo mines all over the site like that's 
I hate to use the phrase that's not fair, but like that's not fair. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I mean it's too much. Like he's too good at too many aspects of you have to knock something down a peg. Yeah. Honestly, like I think they should just his gun is fine. I think they need to rework his gadget. You know, do something. Um, like make them think... like if Legion dies, then his goo mines become visible again. Like I don't know yeah. something, you know, something like that, or you even like some sort of audio cue that there's something there. Yeah, something. We'll we'll see what they do. But anyway, that is it for the the, the mid season designer notes. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, some serious changes coming. I hope. um Everyone's excited to see those. I do know they I do they say when that patch is coming out? Probably late this season. So, um, I would probably say like in the mid half of this latter part of the season, I'll probably get here. Um. So, anyways, um, uh, we're running a little low on time, so we'll kind of um skim through pro league here, um. The major things, the major things that I wanted to touch on, um, you know, a lot of the matches weren't huge surprises, you know, with, um, we'll start on Monday, you know, SSG EU tied, which is a little surprising, um, considering how good SSG is, uh, DZ beat EG 7-2, um, on my end, there's no real surprise there. Absolutely. Uh, Reciprocity beat um, Luminosity Gaming seven to one. Um, I'm surprised. I'm not okay. I'm not surprised at the win. I'm surprised at how badly they won. I thought so um, too. I mean, the yeah. last season they were like they were pretty close in the middle of the pack, kind of in the middle of the season together. But then it was near the end that Reciprocity finally made a move, and I don't know. I, I would need to go back and see what Luminosity did in the off season. And what kind of roster changes that they made, but something's not working. It's it's yeah. just never clicking. And by now, you would have I would have expected something to have started clicking. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think the addition of of Gotcha as a player, I think that is what is. Wait, I am on the wrong wrong team. Sorry, brain fart. That's EG we're talking about, but um, LG. Yeah, uh, they played on Consulate, right? Which is funny because LG is pretty good at Consulate. From what historically, LG has taken a serious fight to Consulate, and had, losing seven one is just was it was just really surprising to me. Yeah. But um, TSM beat Tempo Storm seven five. Um, I'm impressed by Tempo Storm and how well they kept up with TSM. So good for them. Uh, then TSM beat Space Station seven to four. This is this right here uh, is a big one because um, this is showing like how well TSM is adapting as a new team um, from last season. And yep. I told a lot of people, and you can even go back to the past podcast episodes and you me talking about it. I said TSM is going to come into this season swinging hard. They stepped it up in last season, the end of last season. uh, You called Pojo Man. Like, that shift alone 
has just been you called that that was like the main reason that the people need to watch this team i remember it and you're absolutely right whatever that one change did within the team and what pojoman brought and how this team has adapted to the meta shifts like that's kind of crazy to see them react like this yeah and um them beating ssg is huge um that is show that is them telling people we are here and we are going to the top that is that's what it was um and right now tsm is sitting at the top of na pro league they are number one so all you people out there thinking that tsm wasn't going to get anywhere you're wrong well done next. you did it <laughs> <laughs> i did it um next week tsm is playing dz on monday that is going to be a match of the ages because it is a historically number one in a pro league team versus the current in a number one pro league team. Two extremely powerful powerhouses of NA facing off against each other. So I'm really eager to see how this match turns out. Um, I Both of these teams are my absolute favorites in NA, so... It is going to be a very fun match to watch, and I can't wait to see it. What map do you think they play? Honestly, I could not tell you. Um, I nope. I have. I literally have. I have no guesses. <laughs> um, it could be anything, to be honest. Well, I'm but, looking um, forward to it. Yeah, but uh, EU tied again against EG. <laughs> So EU's racking up the ties recently, and Reciprocity beat Tempo Storm 7-0. So yeah. what that tells us... That was a forfeit. It was. It yeah. was a forfeit. Uh, Tempo was having internet issues, so they had to forfeit. That's right, because the servers have just been absolute crap these past, this past week. Okay. So... I feel a little bit better, but I mean, in all reality, it was still going to be like a 7-2. Yeah. Um, so right now, with T so TSM sits at the top of NA Pro League, 16 points, with a round differential of 18. DZ sits at number 2, also with 16 points, but with a round differential of 17. So TSM is number 1 right now by a single round. <laughs> um... They are identical to DZ. Um, they're sitting extremely identical to DZ just by one round. Which um, is actually, like, it's, it, that's a big deal because, like, that's, that's changed in the last uh, two play days is because at the beginning of this week, everyone was wondering, can they actually dominate a team? Can they actually come out and prove that they're the best in the league as opposed to just, like, barely squeaking by their opponents? And this week they they did two seven and two games, so they gained ten rounds in this one yeah. week. Which I mean, last week they were probably at what seven seven at that point. So like people were really concerned that they could just barely squeak by after playing teams that were definitely in the bottom four. Mm-hmm. And they picked up the rounds they needed. So <laughs> yeah, Kudos now we have a hunt. Yeah. We have Space Station sitting in the third at 10 points. Uh, 
we have reciprocity tied pretty much for the third place at 10 points and they had they both had the exact same round differential um so those those guys are tied we got lg in technically sixth place right now yeah lg in sixth place at five points with a round differential of negative 11. we got eu um sitting in seventh at five points um we have eg sitting in second to last place with four points and then tempo storm in last place at with one point the week um, is really broken down from or into this really nice scale there's a very clear line of order of how things are going have gone but i mean even last week at the beginning of last week i thought we had like a healthy maybe five six and then uh, like a really obvious kind of bottom two but now we've split into this like healthy top half and really unhealthy bottom half yeah pretty much um it's like there are the dominant teams and then there are like the weak teams like there's that's that's it um eg is falling off very quickly what used to be a very dominant NA team is now at the bottom. Um, they've lost. I, they lost all their good players, and they're paying the price for that. And I don't think yeah. EG has much of has much of a future left in them um, if they continue down this path. So, which is kind of disappointing to see because they've kind of been a fan favorite of a lot of siege siege fans. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of people really like the evil evil geniuses and what 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 they've brought to esports across multiple titles and i mean they're a very well-known name and people have a lot of respect for the teams and the players who have come through there so people are like oh evil geniuses yeah oh this team is not the evil geniuses that we know and i I imagine you could probably say the same thing about tempo yeah pretty much but um this next week, this next week's worth of play days is going to be vital to a lot of teams and how they sit before the uh, the league halftime. Essentially, I think we're going to go like a full month or two without pro league before it starts back up again. If I'm not mistaken, Ooh. so yeah, um, this is going to be a pretty solid hiatus in between uh, the the season halves. So this like next it. week is going to be very vital. Yeah, I like it because I really hope that enough time for teams like EG and United to really sort out whatever problems that they're having that's holding themselves back. And then hopefully EG and Tempo can do something to just completely change what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, especially next week with TSM and DZ, both teams cannot afford to lose. Because if one team wins over the other, the winning team is going to have a solid lead against the other team. It's going to be very hard to play catch-up. Um, Could you imagine if they tied? That's, that's literally their only, their only choice other than winning. Like If they don't win, they need to tie. Because if they know that they're not going to win, they need to at least tie so they don't have such a head, head start over them uh, on the next half of the season. So. Yeah. Oh, that'll be good. But yeah, that's uh that's about it for this week's Pro League. Um next week is gonna be very fun. 
and I cannot wait. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, this, this is where you get to start seeing some really entertaining matches because there's more on the line than just the initial points and kind of sorting out what the, sorting out the kinks from any roster changes, new meta adaptations, but this is now where we're seeing these teams really coalesce and see what they really have and what kind of team they want to be. Exactly. Well, I don't have much else. We'll be doing another episode next Thursday. Um, there's not going to have been any college stuff, so we'll talk in Pro League. So look forward to a short cast or maybe have a guest interview next week. We'll see if I can actually get time to reach out to people this in this coming week. But other than that, um, anything for you, Syntax? That's about it for me. Great. Well, be sure to follow along with the podcast, anchor.fm slash your 6 Find it there, which will then link you off to like 10 different places to listen to podcasts. So if you don't like Anchor, you can always use Apple Podcasts or any of the other platforms to support it there. Um, outside of that, follow along with me at Warlocker Call on pretty much all social media out there. And I guess I will see you all next week. Later, Syntax. Later, man. <laughs>